March 28th, 2021. It is the 87th day of 2021. Why does that matter? Because we are looking at a first hundred days of what God has given us in this year, and we're almost there. But look at what has been accomplished in the previous 86 days before today. We've maximized our marriages. We've perfected our parenting. We've secured our singles. We are multiplying our ministries. And last night, we kicked off the fourth of four. Somebody say four. Four, four home groups led with teams of men who are leading, who are teaching, and who are hosting in these ways. In that same time frame, we firmly established our Fridays as training day. Somebody say training day. Training. Faithful men currently leading discipleship training, ministry training one, and ministry training two. I got to tell you something, church. This is an important time for us as we are learning to walk on the ancient paths. The timeliness and the timelessness of our messages and teachings couldn't be any more poignant if we tried for these dark times and dark days that we're living in. In addition to all that, today is Palm Sunday, at least on the Gentile calendar. More importantly, today is actually Passover on the Jewish calendar, today itself. See, what we're doing is we're understanding that God has some incredible things for us. Anybody felt a little opposition lately in your times and in your days? Anybody felt some difficulties and some weights that you weren't expecting? Amen. Take heart, little flock. This is what it's like for God to give you the actual kingdom. Amen. This is what it's like for you to walk in an ancient past. See, the enemy doesn't try to stop you if you're just walking on your own way. If you're just going in your own direction, you will never find opposition from the enemy. But when you begin to walk on an ancient path, if you begin to cry out for what God has, of course there's opposition. Of course there is. Look at me, church. Of course there is. But these are not men. You are not people who are afraid of that difficulty. You understand that it is actually validating the timeliness of what God is saying to us. It is showing you that you are finding the ancient path. The very thing that he proclaimed to you from the start of this, but from the start of the kingdom has been seen. Let's all turn to Isaiah 46. Somebody say ancient path when you get there. Man, I am so proud to be part of a church that doesn't give up. Oh, amen. I'm so proud to be part of a church that doesn't let up. It doesn't shut up. But we will continue to the finish line. Amen. Isaiah 46, verse 8. Remember this. Keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Mm. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times. Everybody say ancient times. Ancient times. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Just like that. Do you hear in this passage, God makes known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is yet to come. In this passage and many others, God is using his proclamations of his will to act as indicators for us to know that he is God and there is no other. 
Who else could say these very things? No one. Who else could say my purpose will stand and I'll do all that I please? Well, you should expect discipline if anyone other than God says that. These markers, these indicators along the way were set in ancient times. When we consider these ancient times, they act to inform our present time. And they're here to give us hope of what is yet to come. Isn't it comfort to know that you have a God that declares, proclaims the end from the beginning? A God who is superior than all others? Man, that, that makes me just settle right into confidence. When God speaks something in advance, it gives you an indication of where you are between events that are happening. You know, as you're traveling from place to place, it's good to know how much you're progressing along that route. Ancient times set from the beginning were given by God to indicate what he has said in advance. So therefore, time. Everybody say time. Time. Time acts as a boundary stone on the ancient path. So the title for today's message is Ancient Times. Everybody say ancient times. Ancient times. Pastor's already given you some good things that I know we're just warming up. And sometimes our brains have to warm up a little bit too. What he just said was incredibly good for us today. When you focus on the ancient times, because God has called the end from before it got started. He is telling you from ancient times what is yet to come. When you consider the ancient times, when you focus on the ancient times, it gives you clarity for where you are now and for where there still must be progress to be made. It allows markers in your life. Look, now we're not talking about just people. When we're talking about time here, we're not just talking about um, <clears throat> Biden time. No, no. I mean, that's, we don't need a trip three times notes saying that. to help handle a a press conference. We don't need any of that. What we got, we're not talking about Biden time. Nope. Think about it. Uh, something that's a little bit more pertinent to someone who's uh, working on this physique the way that I have for so long. You don't get this overnight, people. It, masterpiece. It masterpiece. Fearfully, wonderfully made. It reminds me of cooking time. Now, unless you're Joyce Thomas, who's the only person I know that doesn't use timers because she just <laughs> smells it. Brownies are done. It's done. Whoa. Whoa. The normal human beings <laughs> need timers so you know how long that you, it needs to cook until it's done. Now, we also might have some drive time. If you're like me, I'm from Louisiana. Don't hold it against me. Don't be mad at me. But that is where I am from. And in Louisiana, you would tell somebody, hey... How far away is that? And in Louisiana, we never used mileage. Nope. Not one time. Nope. We would always say, hey, how, how far away is that? It's about 25 minutes. We always said it in time and never in distance because that might have been just one and a half miles in Louisiana traffic, but it was going to take you 25 minutes. <laughs> it makes me also think about prep time. Now, for those of you who can't seem to get here during our prayer time, it's probably because you haven't rightly calculated your, your prep, prep time, time or the drive time. That's a good word. Man, that's a good word. You're welcome. We're going to talk about getting and following the ancient times today because time is a huge factor. 
We think about our three dimensions here. We think about the length and the breadth and the height. But there is all of that that is functioning within the realm of time. We happen to be in a realm of dark times and dark days. Man, it's almost like we need the light of God's ancient times to help us out. Y'all ready to get some help from the word of God today? Come on, let's turn to Genesis chapter 1. Say ancient times when you get there. I mean, we're going to the first book of Genesis. Roll it back, baby. Genesis 1 verse 14 is where we'll pick up. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs. Say serve as signs. Serve as signs. To mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. What day was that? fourth day. So just backing up to verse 14, we ha I had you repeat, serve as signs, right? These lights in the vault of the sky are serving as signs. Well, day one in Genesis, in verse three, is when time is initiated. It's when God created. When God set time in motion. He said, let there be light, okay? But it's not until here in day four that God is giving the sun, moon, and stars. Sun, moon, and stars to serve as signs that mark the sacred times, meaning the ancient times. Marking the end that God has known, made known from the beginning. In fact, governing God's sacred times, days, and years. Time was initiated in day one, but there's a purpose for which he established a serving as a sign on day four. He doesn't need a reminder of what time it is. We do. We are the ones that need a sign to mark the sacred times, days, and years. So, in addition to giving a heavenly host of indication of his ancient times... You notice how he created both the sun and the moon, that he created two great lights, one to govern the day, one to govern the night. It's almost like we re recollect what the word says, that let everything be established by two or more witnesses. These witnesses that are declaring a serving as a sign of sacred times. What God set in motion with the sun and the moon were purposed to govern the advancing of day and night, the progression of time as it occurred on earth. From the fourth day forward, these governors have been faithfully bearing witness to us day in and day out of God's ancient times. Has there ever been a time that you woke up and you said, I wonder if the sun's going to come up today. And I don't mean that as a euphemism of depression. I'm talking about thinking about the literal Peshat plain sun. If you were concerned if it was going to 
dawn the horizon. No. Or if the moon would be out tonight. Now, though it may be a new moon, you can't see it. You can know that it's still there. There's a certainty that God has established these things in the heavenly realms. And it's not just there to produce photosynthesis for our plants or have good light for night fishing. That these two things are to serve as signs that mark the ancient times so that we can be aware of what God is doing. Come on, it's something, it's something, an important facet for us to have a witness about what God is saying. Did you catch what Pastor just said? I, apparently, this is just the way this is going to go today. <laughs> He's going to say something really good, and I'm going to be like, I don't know if they caught that, Pastor. Do you understand that time was given to serve you? To serve as a sign, time was instituted. The light was created on day one, but the sun and the moon were given on day four. As witnesses for you. Anybody ever felt like time was not serving you, but time was your master? Anybody ever felt the pressure of time? I don't have enough time. I have something that is always pressing. Is anybody in this house like me? And you always have like a clock going off somewhere inside and you're like, time, time. I've got to hurry up. I've got something else. I've got to do this. I better accomplish this. I'm going to tell you right here from the start. You need a witness today. Amen. You need a witness of God's plan for the ancient times, because if you got the ancient times right inside of your soul, you realize that time is your servant and not your master. Amen. Man, it makes me want to take my watch off and throw it on the ground right now. Makes me want to take my day planner and chunk it out a window. Time. It's got a purpose from God to serve as markers, as a testimony in your life. Now, if we just stop there, that would already be something that I doubt that anybody in the room has ever really considered. Not really, really considered. Is that true or not? All right. But we got more. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and see how this progresses. Time is meant to serve you, not master you. Come on now. Pastor, I think God has got a calling on me, but, 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 but I don't understand the timing of it. Oh, you're going to understand the timing of it today. You're going to get it today. Deuteronomy 4. Hey, verse 32. Ask now about the former days. Long before your time. From the day God created man on the earth. Ask from one end of the heavens to the other. Wait a minute. Who am I asking if I'm asking? Yeah, ask anybody you like, in any realm you like. Has anything ever so great as this happened, or has anything like it ever been heard of? This is Moses recounting what God has done, and he's telling the people in his day, in 1500 B.C. approximately, you go back to the more ancient times than me. That was 3,500 years ago, and he's saying, no, 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 that's not ancient enough. Go all the way back to the beginning. Ask, has anybody ever seen what our God has done? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of the fire as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to make, I'm sorry, to take for himself one nation out of another nation? By testings, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds. Like all the things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. You ready for this verse? 
He's asking kind of rhetorical questions, isn't he? Has anybody ever, has anyone ever heard? Has there ever been a God like our God? And here is what the conclusion of this is. You were shown these things so that you might know. Somebody say no. no. That you might know the Lord is God. Besides him, there is no other. Now I want to encourage this church today. We are your pastors and we love you. And I can sense by the presence of God that while we may acknowledge that the, he is, the Lord is God and besides him there is no other, that truth needs to sink down into our hearts today for each and every one of us. See, the faithfulness of our God is beyond understanding and it is beyond question. We are told here in this passage to ask now about the ancient times. Ask now about the ancient times. I mean, all the way back to creation because there's no God like our God. Our God's plan from ancient times was to take for himself one nation, one people group out of all the other nations and claim them as his. It should be reminding you of Deuteronomy 32 where he's saying, this is my inheritance. I have chosen, I have taken them out of Egypt. These great testings, signs, and wonders were to act as witnesses for you. Witnesses so that you can understand that God has declared an end from the beginning. So that you can know two things. That Yahweh is God and that there is none beside him. He did this by giving you the framework of time so you could see his workings. So you can understand that what he is declaring, the backdrop that he set it in. The, the stage that he set it upon so you can understand what he is doing. The backdrop is time itself. And these ancient times, once you get the right perspective on this, it's going to drive what you do today and it's going to give you hope about what you need to do tomorrow. Let's turn to Psalm 102 together. Somebody say ancient times when you get there. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion. For it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Say appointed time. Appointed time. For her stones are dear to your servants. Her very dust moves them to pity. The nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will revere your glory. For the Lord will, will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory. He will respond to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. Psalm 102 is a psalm of lament. In fact, it says in the very beginning, a prayer of an afflicted man. When he is faint and pours out his heart before the Lord. Isn't it a comfort to know the timing that God has, particularly in the midst of affliction? How long will this last, O Lord? But also recognizing it is time for restoration to occur. It is time for God to bestow his glory and restoration on Zion. You know, verses 12 through 17, what we just read, is in the heart of this very lament. The lament 
is in the midst of a difficult and dark time, and it's crying out for that time to be understood, to show Zion favor. But do you notice how it also said the appointed time has come? That appointed time to rebuild and for the Lord to appear in his glory. Well, to understand the relationship between ancient times and the appointed time, we want to show you a few slides to illustrate this. Let's put up the first slide. First slide is indicating the all-encompassing sphere of God's ancient times. That realm by which he spoke into being in Genesis 1 and set signs to serve as indicators of the sacred times, days, and years. Well, we have the all-encompassing ancient times. Now, the second slide. Within the sphere of ancient times, there is an appointed time. The ancient times have declared what will be even to the very end. But isn't there an appointed time at which those specific things are to take place? So getting this perspective helps us understand that not only does God make known the end from the beginning, he is not confined to the limits of this time. He's the very one who created this time. The Lord has set ancient times in place to mark the appointed time of his will being done on earth. And his desire was and is to help us know where we are in time. Where we are in time by giving us signs that mark the sacred and appointed time of his will. So church, the way to know the appointed time is found in what is spoken in the ancient times. There is no, no other source to be able to discern the appointed time other than the God who has set the ancient times. So let's all go to Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5. Anybody ever lost track of time? <laughs> Look, they're just showing up now. Yeah. Yet you, you lose track of time. You, you lose the sense of where you are now in time. Come on now. If we just think for just a second and realize that our difficulties and our feelings about our difficulties are usually because we've lost track of time. Wow. See, but God hasn't. When you find the ancient times, you will be able to see what the appointed time is. Micah 5, 2 brings this up in a beautiful way. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends Amen. of the earth. See, Amen. you're starting to see, and Micah is beginning to speak about an appointed time. There's an ancient time that was set, and this ruler over Israel, his purposes were set before time began. Origins are from of old. They are from ancient times. And you, what you see here, 
And if you're in ministry training too, you should be thinking and hearing in these passages about what you're learning about the centrality of Israel itself. That God's ancient times were appointed for a specific people to have an appointed time. And that this ruler over Israel would be there and he would shepherd his flock The nation of Israel would be abandoned until an appointed time. It might look a certain way, but don't lose track of time for them and don't lose track of time for yourself. It may look one way in your life, but I thought that God had promised something. Yes, it will only look discouraging for a few moments until the time when she is in labor and bears a son. Then he will come and shepherd his flock. Ancient times inform our present. And they give us hope for what the future is. And you're seeing it in our older brother Israel. The older natural bloodline brother Israel. Because we're watching them go. And there are time periods where it may look like God has forgotten them. But you're just losing track of time. See God has a purpose that was set from ancient times. And his leader, his ruler over them was from before time. And what you get is the trust that you can see. If it hasn't happened yet. If God has declared it, it will happen and you can have confidence. See, from the ancient times, you can see that the appointed time has come. And this declaration from Micah is saying that he would be, this ruler would be born in Bethlehem. It's projecting and predicting and prophesying part of what God's plan is hundreds of years before it comes about. Everybody turn to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to pick up in verse 1. Like Pastor said, doesn't it give you confidence whenever you know what God has said in his ancient times so that you can bear witness to the presentation of the appointed time? Well, as we read in Matthew 2, you're going to see that confidence displayed. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Wow. How do these guys know that? Well, let's keep reading. It'll say it for us. We saw his star. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. It's almost like God said in Genesis 1 verse 14, they will serve as signs to mark the sacred times, days, and years. You had men outside of the nation of Israel staring at the very signs that God designed to serve them. And because these men were being served by these signs of time, they were not being mastered by them. Meaning that giving in to the fear of King Herod, an earthly ruler. They were able to stand confidently and say, hey, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews here? We saw his sign. We saw his powerful display of God's approval and appointed time that was spoken in Micah now come to be. Man, I love the confidence that these magi have. They didn't walk in and say, has the king of the Jews been born? They say, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We know it. We already know it. We're from afar. But what the reason that we know it is because there was a testimony that was given, a sign that was given that shows us from ancient times where we must be today. 
Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? Boy, this is like what we're trying to encourage you with today, church. We are seeing the picture here in the life of Christ, but we're trying to encourage you with something. That you can see what's going on in the world around you. You can know that we're in the dark days of Jeremiah. And, somebody say and. And. You can know exactly where you must stand and what you must do because of the signs that God has given us. Because of the times that we're crying out for. Let's continue on in verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. <laughs> the very thing that drove men to travel this distance is disturbing to King Herod and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where this Messiah was to be born. And by the way, verse 1 told you that Jesus is already born, right? After Jesus was born in the, times of, in the time of Herod. See, they're already behind. Herod is trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure out what's going on in his day, but he doesn't know that he's supposed to look to the ancient times to get a firm place on what goes on in his day. Anybody ever tried to figure out what's going on in your own life? Just, just try to determine it of your own will? What's going on? Yeah, the, the solution is always seen in you going back and asking for the ancient times. And it will put in context what your current day is about and where you must go. Look at how this says it in verse 5. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet was writing, has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Did you hear what they did? They were quoting from Micah. They took verses 2 and verse 4 and just kind of squished them together. And said, here's the heartbeat of it for you, Herod. Because you won't understand everything. But let us give it to you. What the actual core is. There's an appointed time and that time has come. Somebody say, the time has come. You've just reached the starting line of this kind of fulfillment. Yes. There's a prophecy. He is just a little baby. He's a child right here. But he is going to rule like a great shepherd over his people Israel. The fulfillment is here. The time is here. The appointed moment has arrived. And they are getting to see it. And we're going to get to see it in our day and time as well. Let's turn to Mark chapter 1. As you're turning there, I can't help but picture... That Jesus is there in the arms of his mother as a newborn. And the birth of the appointed time is not yet the fulfillment of the appointed time. Man, that looks a lot like us receiving a mezuzah. That the birth of a mezuzah inside of you is pointing to an appointed time, but it just began. There is more work to do as it grows. So Mark 1 verse 15. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, where we just came from was the appointed time of his arrival and birth. Now is the appointed time of his ministry. The very first message that he is preaching, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. See, he's an adult now. He's grown up. Jesus is now declaring that the appointed time for men to respond to the kingdom of God's arrival has come. The time for repentance is now being declared through the fulfillment of Micah 5 2. 
Your response must be to repent and believe the same truth that has been from the ancient times and now is being fulfilled in your time. When we hear a word come forth, God's word that's speaking of a truth in the ancient times, when it hits your heart, know that God set that in place way back in the ancient times. How is your heart going to respond today when it begins to come alive to you? That is a means by which you're going to have to give an accountability when you stand before God just as much as they did when he said, repent and believe. Ancient times are set in place to inform us of our present time, but not only just informing us of our present time, it's to give us hope for the future. The right perspective, if you are a recipient, hearing what Jesus said at this appointed time is, praise God, I have the opportunity to repent. At least now, I know what it means to believe in the kingdom. I'm throwing away everything. I'm throwing away my watch, Pastor. I'm going to go follow Jesus because it is near. For so long, it's been far away from me. I can't comprehend the Bible when I read it. I can't hear from God. I feel so distant. But now, now it's clear. It's an appointed time for my salvation. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9. Having an appointed time for salvation. When the ancient time and has been spoken and you merge with exactly what God has for you in the moment. Look at what Luke 9 and verse 51 says. Somebody say ancient times when you get there. It says, as the time approached... For him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now, I know we're just pulling a single verse out, but, but you guys have read your word and, and you understand what's going on in here. Do you see how the phrasing goes here? The time approach for him to be taken up to heaven. What had to be accomplished before he was taken up to heaven? Yeah, just the whole little thing about a crucifixion in there. Are you telling me that God may tell us something and show us about an appointed time, but there'll be a lot of work that has to go between now and the fulfillment of that time? Has anybody been discouraged, oh, let's just say, in the past somewhere, that you are not yet fulfilling everything that God has for you? See, it takes work from when he declares it, when the appointed time has arrived. Salvation has come. This prophecy is now fulfilled in your hearing. And then the problems and the difficulty and the work actually begins. Yes, it does. The idea that time is approached for him to be taken up into heaven. And then he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. His appointed time is now meeting and perfectly aligning with the ancient. See, Jesus is focused here on something else. And you're going to see it clearly in our next few passages. He is focused on addressing not only the earthly plan that's going on, but he's addressing the heavenly enemies, the, the ancient hostilities, the, the archonic defectors, as well as the earthly crucifixion. And all of that is summarized by saying, he, when the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven. I want to encourage you just for a second. I promise you that God in his ancient times is much more complex than we give it credit for. What is Palm Sunday? It's the day that he entered Jerusalem. Yes, that is true. He was battling demonic hordes. 
He was establishing and picking fights with everyone around him. He was going to declare who he was, and he was showing it to them in a way that was perfectly attached to the ancient times. Well, that's about Christ, and that should encourage you because that was good. But what does it mean for you? What does it mean for you? I'm telling you that your appointed times are always going to be much more difficult than you think. Take you longer than you thought it would. You have to go further than you thought that you would when you started. But it should be better and you should be more hope filled. Because if he did it with Christ and he's already laid this plan out. He's already calling the end from the beginning. Then surely this kind of God can lead you through the details that he needs to to get you there. He can surely take you from where you are and get you where you need to get. Without fail. Without, without forgetting about you, without missing out on details, because you're going to see some beautiful details of what God addresses through the life of Christ, and you're going to figure out exactly what it means for you. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 21. Say ancient times whenever you get there. Now, I would have imagined whenever Pastor Wade just spoke about this, there would have been a louder amen from the ministry training students in our house. Amen. 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 That God is helping us. So in the previous verse, our previous passage we read, Luke 9.51, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now we come to Matthew 21, verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. So we had the appointed time of his birth. We had the appointed time of his ministry beginning. And now there's an appointed time of reaching Jerusalem to begin to fulfill more things. Well, as he is approaching Jerusalem, you know what he's doing right here? He's investing in prep time. It's not a matter of, I'm just going to sit on the Mount of Olives and let the Father do everything. Tell me when I got to go to the cross. See, this appointed time requires you to be attentive to the prep time of what it needs to be accomplished. The reason you are in ministry training classes, the reason you are in discipleship training classes, the reason you are in this church, it's prep time so that you can be prepared for your appointed time. There is work to be done. Uh, Let me encourage you guys who are single in this house, young single men, prep time is very important. You got to learn how to think ahead. Put on deodorant when you leave the house. Brush your hair. Brush your teeth. Take care of yourself. Women are looking for men who know about prep time. It's because it displays an investment and seriousness that you have about the appointed time. Verse 4. This took place to fulfill... What was spoken through the prophet? Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. 
He is quoting Zechariah 9.9 here. Having stood there as a firsthand witness, Matthew is putting into his accounting in the Gospels a reflection of what was said in the ancient times. And now he's able to look at the appointed time and see how they're related and its beginning of fulfillment. He is speaking of an ancient time that is now in his time. Man, isn't it amazing when you're younger, you think that once you graduate high school, that everything's going to be different. <laughs> that after you graduate high school, it's graduating college or getting married. And then once you get married, it, you, surely after we have kids... And after a while, you just realize that it's you still living your life, always waiting for something else to happen. Wow. wow. You're waiting for things to magically fall in place. And at every stage, you just have to keep working. And the actual work increases. Yeah. Yes, it does. Oh, if only I could get married. Yes, your work will increase. <laughs> exponentially speaking. And then when you have kids, your work increases exponentially again. Yes. Very See, true. there's always something else. What we're really looking for is for time to come in and, and alleviate things from us. But when you get to the appointed time, there's actually more work for you to do. The prep time that you're in now, the working that you are doing is preparing you for those moments when the ancient times and the appointed time meet and the door opens and you're like, yes, I am now doing what I thought that I would do. It's just really hard. Now what do I do? That was day one. Now what do I do on day two? And you realize that you just have to then do that for the rest of your life. And you go, oh, it's more. God, you got this perfect timing going. It's my expectation and understanding of it. Let's look at verse six. I like that. Just cart him over the shoulder. That's great. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed him. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. I would love to be able to talk to you today about the donkey and the colt. One older, one younger. Two different entities that Jesus is now entering on. But we've had many sermons on that, and I invite you to go back. That's just a teaser for those of you who are in the room because we have something that we're trying to get to. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed behind. Come on, the early adopters and those of us who have to take a while and kind of catch on after everybody's already understood it. They're saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna, Lord, save us. Lord, son of David, come and save us. Bring salvation to us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest of the heavens. A cry for God to come and save. They realized that the moment was here. And they saw the Christ, the Messiah, coming in, entering in. Just as the book of Zechariah had promised and prophesied. According to everything that the ancient times had said. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know it was. You know that it wasn't just stirred in a good way. You know that this appointed time arrived and, and some loved it and others were stirred. And you realize that all, all of creation 
was starting to come awake and come alive for this appointed time that was here. And they asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Man, talk about an appointed time on a Palm Sunday where Jesus entered in Jerusalem and you saw the affection and they were crying out, Lord, save us. And you know what he was about to do? He was about to reveal himself as Messiah. Oh, he had been Messiah the entire time, but they were coming to a moment. They were coming to a point where this would all converge. Do you realize how many miracles Jesus did? And he would say, hey, don't tell anyone what I just did. Do you know why he did that? Because it wasn't the appointed time. That's exactly right. I, I don't need your testimony. Don't do it yet. Don't tell them. Don't tell them what I just told you. I will reveal it to you as an individual, but don't go out and tell the crowd because there's a time coming when I'm going to reveal myself as Messiah. It's not time for that yet. I can't do that yet. For you, any time is good, but for me, I'm walking according to the ancient times and that will show me my appointed time. Amen. Jesus operated within the appointed time because he was connected to the ancient times. We don't have time to read it today. In Exodus 12, you can just jot this for your notes, beginning in verse 1 and through verse 6. This was God telling Moses to have the entire community of Israel take a lamb on the 10th day. Somebody say the 10th. The 10th day of Nisan, the 10th day of Aviv, and take the lamb into your home. And from the 10th to the 14th, you know what you did to that lamb? You examined it. You, you, you loved it. You cared for it. You, you were able to see if this lamb was worthy to be sacrificed on the afternoon of the 14th. See, this is exactly what's happening to Jesus here. He is starting off, and this has to be the 10th of Nisan, the 10th of the month that is also called Aviv. And they are coming in, and he is going to show them what Messiah looks like. He is going to reveal to them because it is time for them to be able to evaluate him and find that he is without defect and that he is in perfect alignment with these ancient times. Has anybody ever heard the phrase, if you've done the right thing at the wrong time? You know what that makes that thing? The wrong thing. It's not just enough for us to come forward and do the right thing. We have to do the right thing when God is telling us to Amen. do it. Is anybody like me and have difficulty on that part of it? Yeah. Once you do figure out what God is saying, it's the figuring out the when the appointed time has come. Right. The answer to that is you go back to the ancient times and you're able to understand yes. the backdrop so you can find the appointed time of what God has for you. Come on. How many people have shipwrecked their faith? How many people have discouraged, been discouraged because they did something at the wrong time? See, Jesus is giving time here so that he can be evaluated and everyone can come to the right conclusion. See, this is an incredible piece. We want to show you some things as Jesus entered here. Hosanna. We want to show you a slide that helps you understand that when you get to the appointed time, the work is just beginning. But let's see what Jesus did. So as Pastor mentioned in Exodus 12, the Passover lamb would be taken in at the appointed time, the 10th of Nisan. Until Passover, that was on the 14th in the sun. Well, as you read from Matthew 21 to Matthew 25, we're put, we put up a slide with a list of things that Jesus accomplished in the appointed time from the 10th, three days forward. So in three days, we have a list of what he accomplished. 
Get this. Let's put up the slide. So as soon as he arrives, they, they shout Hosanna. He, the first thing he does is that he goes and he cleanses the temple courts. Payow! Gets it all done, right? Then he teaches a lesson about the fig tree. The authority, authority of Jesus is then questioned. He teaches on the parable of two sons, parable of the tenants, parable of the wedding banquet. Talks about taxes to Caesar because he's being challenged once again. Teaches about marriage at the resurrection, another rebuttal to a challenge. He explains what the greatest commandment is because they're trying to entrap him. Then another question that's presented, talking about Messiah is the son of David, and he's proven it to him. He's warning against hypocrisy, talking about the seven woes, laying the smack down on the leaders of Israel. He's given the Olivet Discourse, talking about the end of the age, then destruction of the temple that's to come, the instructions to the remnant after that destruction, the second coming of the Messiah, wise servant and wicked servant. He's teaching on the parable of the ten virgins, the bags of gold, and the separation of sheep and goats. Let's see, what did I do the past three days? Wow. See, all the time before when he is telling everyone, don't tell them I'm the Messiah, there was an appointed time to reveal the true nature of who he was, but it was to be coupled with what he was there to do. And there in the temple, in this appointed time, he was going to reveal who he was, beginning with challenging everything that was out of order in God's house, setting up the end, making known the end from the beginning, and then give his life for it. Come on, that's an incredible three day. Aren't you just tired looking at that list? <laughs> Realizing that most of those conversations were leaders and different groups of people evaluating his worthiness. Well, what about this? Let us try to entrap you with this. And what is that akin to? That's akin to the ancient times of examining the lamb. That's what's going on here. And you're seeing him begin to advance the kingdom in great ways. Look at Matthew 26. This is Matthew 21 through 25. Look at Matthew 26 and verse 1. It says, when Jesus has finished saying all this, all these things. All these things. All of it. The whole slide. He said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away. Pastor, how did you get your timing? We read the word. How do you know? Are you sure that this took place in a three-day time period? Yes. He was coronated on day one and began to do all of these other things. And you could just read through it. And then the Bible tells you, now we're two days before the Passover. It's two days away. The Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. I want to tell you something, church, that you may not have caught yet, but we've been saying it and we want you to get it down in your soul. The appointed time is always filled with the need for supernatural work. Yeah. When you actually get to a moment in time where God is speaking to us about ancient past, when you actually get to, to, get to start walking on that, I got to tell you that it's way more difficult than you thought that it would be. But the reason that he told you about it ahead of time was so you could be sure to know what to do in your day and that you could keep going and that it would be fulfilled just like he told you in the ancient time. Amen. It is supposed to give you hope. People are always surprised that when their time has come to step into ministry, 
when their time has come to get married, when their time has come to step forward and be bold, how incredibly difficult and heavy the burden can get. Did you see what Jesus just did in three days? And he's not done. He didn't just stop after that point and be like, "Woo, nice. He kept cranking right along until after the resurrection. Yeah. He's still at work. He's still being mighty in power and in deed. Man, I thought I was busy before, Pastor, but never like this. Pastor, this speaking one time a month at a home group, man, I never realized how difficult that would make this. Yes. Yes. Welcome to your appointed time. Amen. Yes. I decided to open up my house and you guys asked me to host. I didn't know how difficult things would get in my house. Amen. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the appointed time. I never realized that I'd be so insecure on the inside and worried that I couldn't handle it. Welcome to real life ministry, folks. Amen. Pastor, when y'all said you would be multiplying ministries, we didn't know that you really meant you'd be multiplying difficulties. That's why we didn't tell it to you. <laughs> Multiply ministries in my life, Lord. <laughs> I know exactly what that means. And you do too now, praise God. Amen. That should bring joy to you that you are on the right path. Amen. That you have connected with something that is so ancient that it is doing in you exactly what the Bible says that it will do in you. But when you find your weakness, that's when his strength comes in and you're like, oh yeah, this is always the way it's been. This is not the time for me to lose hope. This is the time for me to step forward in courage. Amen. He can do it in me. He's already started it. He won't fail. He calls the end from the beginning. When your work has been prepared in advance. Somebody say in advance. In advance. Man. You have a work prepared in advance. It's almost like, you know, Ephesians 2 tells us this directly. There's an appointed time to accomplish that work. Church, you are in a season when God is showing you an appointed time for this body where he's crying out that it's time to go to war. It's time to fight. It's time to advance the kingdom. Now Amen. is the time. Amen. No wonder we walk in here and we see the faces that we do today. Oh, I don't know if it's actually naturally that way, but I can see it on you. This is hard. Can we go back to an easier time? No. no. We're in our appointed time. You're walking in an appointed time. Amen. That is in perfect alignment with an ancient time. You can know that he will complete it if you just keep going forward. Jesus' work was determined before time began, and he is able to help you with the work because he understands exactly what is needed because he has already been victorious. Consider Revelation 13.8. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Come on, the Magi saw his star, didn't they? That very thing that was created at the beginning of the world. And here we see God displaying 
the fact that he set up these works for his son to do in his ancient times. But it lied waiting for an appointed time it would come about. This morning, we're going to rejoice about the appointed times that we are fulfilling right now. Some of you are, are walking in an appointed time that for decades you've been preparing for. Others, you're entering an appointed time that for a matter of months you are now stepping into. Regardless, it is a time to rejoice because God is helping us fulfill our works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. Galatians 4, I'm just going to read it to you for time's sake. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5 says this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. See, the whole point from the ancient times, what God had declared, the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, what is yet to come, God set the appointed time for his son to bring us sonship, for his son to accomplish works that we might accomplish works on his behalf. From an ancient time, an appointed time is now, and we are to walk in sonship. Amen. You are to stand with your head held high yes. and to walk in the sonship that has been apportioned to you at the set time. That you be able to walk forward in confidence, in power, and in achieving what God has purposed for you. Amen. Let's all turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 17. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time. Live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. We've had an ancient time that is spoken of an appointed time. And what Peter is putting his finger on to his hearers is that it is your time to live this out. Live it out as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, a lamb who has passed that inspection. He was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. The same reason that God set up the sun, the moon, and the stars. It was for your sake to understand the ancient times that are then going to the appointed time and now landing on your time. Church, it's your time to live up to what God has made you to do. It's your time to rejoice and be confident in what God has invested his deposit inside of you. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you distraught. He has put you in the perfect position to declare his sonship to the world. He wants to choose you to declare to the heavenly realms who he is. Not any other part of creation. It's your time to declare to creation who he is. Let's put this in the slide. We can see it all together. We have the ancient times that envelop all of time. And there's an appointed time for which things are to occur. But the whole point is that it's your time to live up to what God has made you to be. 
Did you hear this verse? It was for your sake. He has brought this revelation. Man, think about the times prior that you were not underneath the blood of Jesus. The times prior where you were out of sync with the ancient times and more focused and mastered by your own time. And when the blood of Jesus was applied to the doorpost of your heart, you then became in right order with his ancient times and begin to live to the fulfillment of your time. How long does it take for shalom to start bringing life? It's an instant. It is an instant. When you get your heart and mind right with God, he is there at the ready, wanting to give you revelation of who he is through you. It's for your sake that he wants to breathe an understanding of his ancient times to you. So why do you worry? Why do you fret? Why are we, why am I so anxious all the time? He set the stars in place to serve as, as signs, to serve as a powerful oat that would mark the sacred times. What do we have to worry about? The God who maintains right order in the heavenly realms, in the starry host, in the very sun and moon that bear witness of his governance is in control of our lives. What about finances? What about the pro prog progress of our children? What about our call? Man, this morning we're going to get rid of our own attachment to time. We're going to let God's ancient times serve us and bring us in right order with him. Let that ancient time serve you today. To give you an understanding of where you are and what's still to take place and not let you lose heart. For our final scripture of the day, let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we want to give this to you with fresh eyes today. God set the sun and the moon to govern the day and the night. To separate light from darkness. And to act as witnesses for us to be able to see that his promises are carrying forth that his love for Israel has not diminished in Jeremiah, in Ezekiel. If my covenant with the day and the night can be broken, yeah. if my covenant with the sun and the moon stops, then you know that I've abandoned my people. That I didn't call the end from the beginning. But since you can still see the sun, since it's still yeah, doing what I told it to do on day four, Amen. since you can still see the moon, you know that I haven't broken my promise. I haven't moved. I haven't shaken. I haven't done anything except exactly what I said I would do. There is no God like me. There is none other that can do what I can do is what you should see when the sun comes out. It's what you should feel when you see the moon at night. Yes. And if God did that for the creation, what is he doing for you? What can he do for you? My God, what is he trying to help us with today? Matthew 6, 25 says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, or about what you'll wear. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Hold up. No. Not at all. We feel like we can. Don't you realize that our medical science has proven that the more you worry, the more it takes off time from your life? Stress, worry, concern, despair. These are things that actually take away from your life while you're worrying about what is to come. Verse 31 says this, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows you need them. Do you know why? Because He set the plan from the beginning. He called it from before time began what it was supposed to be. He decided before time began, before day one, when there was light that was created, before day four, when there was a sun and a moon created, he decided that the right way to go about his plan would be to send his own son and crucify him so that part of his plan, that his plan may be enacted, that it may be fulfilled, that he would do it through his people Israel. And that he would allow us to come into what God did through this people group. Seek first his kingdom. Let me give it to you in the context that it hit us while we were studying. Seek first his kingdom and his ancient times. Church, we have to understand how big our God is. You have to know that he is so much more complex, that his plan is so complex, and he's got his exact part that he wants you to fulfill. And he's thought through the details that you need. There's not a detail that can happen to you that he just went, oh, I didn't think about that. Seek first the ancient times and his righteousness. Those appointed times that he has for you And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I tell you that worry is a sign that you are serving time and time is not serving you? The stress that you feel, the worry that you have, You've got to look to the ancient times to find what God wants you to do right now. You set within the context of the ancient times. That's why day and night have been initiated. There are mile markers for you to say, if he said it then, it's either already taken place or it will take in place. It will take place, but there's no in between here. It may just be me that's in between waiting for it to happen, but I cannot worry. When you focus on tomorrow first, all you find is worry. When you focus on tomorrow first, all you find is worry. That's what the scripture says. When you focus on now first, you end up losing your way. You lose your place in time. You don't quite know where you are because you're focused on now first. But when you focus on the ancient times first... 
you rightly discern the appointed time and you know how to live out today. When you encounter difficulties, but, but, but it looks like this can't be. I've already failed, Pastor. You don't understand. That's nice. But I'm not just talking about what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to wear. I'm afraid that I won't be able to fill, fulfill God's plan for me. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss the appointed time. At just the right time, Jesus came and died for us. At just the right time, God is bringing this word to you so that you can connect rightly with the ancient time. Stand to your feet with us today. I want to encourage you right now. It's time for us to cry out, Hosanna. Lord, save us. Lord, save us from our worry. Save us from our despair. Save us from our ungratefulness. Save us from our discontent. It is time for you to understand that as you look back at the ancient times, it gives you the right perspective for today and the hope for tomorrow. But today, somebody say today. today. We need to cry out for God to save us. Save us from our own thoughts. Save us from our own worries. Save us from the assurity that we have that we're going to fail. Never realizing that when you say that you're going to fail, you're actually discrediting God's ability to call the end from the beginning. From what is yet to come from the ancient times. God finishes that in Isaiah 46 verse 10 by saying, I will do all that I please. I will do everything that I intended. And the way that he does that is through you. That's not apart from you. He's saying, I will do it in you and I will do it through you. Raise your hands to the Lord right now. Hosanna, come and save us. Come and save us from our worry. Come and save us from our doubt. Come and save us, Lord. Save us from the turmoil that is within us, mighty one. Save us from our unfaithfulness to you by claiming that it's everything else. Show us those ancient times, Lord, that we might understand our time now and what we must do and what you are calling us to do. The effort that it will take to achieve it, Lord. Lord, that we will trust in you, the one who calls the end from the beginning. The one who sets and has set the sun and the moon in place to tell us of your faithfulness. Lord, that we will allow your time to serve us and give us hope and give us strength today. Hosanna, come and save us.